0: That's right, we're back into the Zone Boxing Show podcast. It's the second episode. I'm having fun. I'm starting to like this. Barak is taking me back to my Sirs XM days.
1: I don't remember that, actually. That was so many years ago. But yes, <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. We just get to be us and talk our stuff. I love it's,
0: it. Yeah, we, look, we got a nice show lined up for you, man. We got Mr. Matchroom himself. Barack doesn't like the nickname I came up with, E. Hearn. I was trying to shorten up Eddie Hearn. You act like that sounds great, like like that <laughs> sounds creative. E hearn, big deal. That don't even sound good. <laughs> Listen, I mean, it was either that or or you know, uh, what was it? What was it? Eddie H. Eddie H. So I say E hearn. Yeah, how about Eddie Hearn?
1: How about that? How about it? All sounds the same, all the same about similar anyway, you, you sy- know, syllables.
0: You know he's gonna have a lot to say about. KSI, and about YouTubers. everything, like, about yeah, everything, about everything, but look, let, let's, it's fair to say that, that he's one of the pioneers as far as bringing those YouTubers on a big platform, on a big boxing platform and put it out there years ago. Um,
1: so, I, I do, I do say that he's definitely a pioneer. I think that after what I saw on, on Saturday night, KSI is bringing it to another level. Yeah. Like so even okay. bigger than what Wait, Jake wait, wait, Paul wait, wait. don't
0: done. act like Jake Paul hasn't brought it to that level. No.
1: He has not. I don't know about that. The reason why, hold that. on, hold on. The reason why is because he's doing it in a different country. He's doing it in a country where if, if Jake Paul was doing a celebrity basketball game or a basketball with all the greats, you know what I'm saying? It, it would be big because the sport out there and bo- boxing out there in the UK is just so huge. So what KSI did is just amazing for you to box.
0: KSI and the Zone, because it's the Zone X series, who played a major part in that yeah, but the zone don't bring the crowd. The fighters bring the crowd. Produ- no, the zone did
1: the great production. That's promotion all. Promotion that and beautiful. promotion for the and fight. they promoted to a crowd that wanted to come. Eighty thousand people wanted to
0: come. It wasn't. It, a- it wasn't. That, was that, that, was that was not want Wembley. That was not Wembley. That was not Wembley. There was not eighty thousand people in there. That's less than uh, twenty thousand people. You talking about Wembley Stadium? That was, was an 2 arena. arena, bro. And yeah, that's not eighty. But it's not 80,000. Now, nevertheless- Look that, that up show. how many people. Look it up. <laughs> we'll look it up. It was. It definitely wasn't 80,000. Josh, where got, the hell Josh at? We Josh, have look to that touch. He's right, out, Let's he's take it like back you. to the radio days where Josh chimes in on it. But listen, uh, also like we're going to touch on, obviously, the big heavyweight showdown that's happening on Sunday. That's right. Luis Ortiz versus Andy Ruiz. Make it a breaking fight for both guys. So let's get into this convo with Mr. Matchroom, Eddie Hearn. I'm assuming that you watch a zone X series. You know, your fellow countrymen mm. were were fighting O2 Arena Packed House. How does that feel? You being a promoter, and that's your city, your stopping grounds. I mean, you sold out many arenas in that area, but mm. to watch it uh the the way KSI did, all YouTubers, did you enjoy the show?
2: I didn't I didn't watch it. I was I was busy. I've seen all the highlights and everything. It was uh, listen, I've been there, I've done it, I know how big it is. KSI is a great promoter himself. He's very smart. It was, the whole thing was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen, (laughs) but it was entertaining. You know, um, it did huge numbers. Um, Obviously sold out the O2. You can't, I think the the key here is not to take these things seriously. Do you know what I mean? Like too many people especially in the industry, are too concerned. Like, you know, you hear people that, you know, these guys, regardless of what you think of them, are there because they've built the fan base, they've built the profile to be able to do this. And I never get the argument about fighters saying, you know, I've been dedicated my, my life to the sport for 20 years and these guys are in there making so much money for three, three-minute rounds they can't even fight. Don't worry about it. They got there, and they got there on the the merits of marketing and promotion and profile. But you've just got to. I think it was like a feel good show in many respects. You know, like it was. Like I said, do you you feel like
0: you have to compete with with them? Being that you provide content for the broadcast. Not really.
2: No. No. Yeah. I mean, we're all we're all content providers. Right. We. I've been there. I've sampled it. I've experienced it. I just. I just don't feel comfortable in all honesty, like serving it up because I just, I don't know. And I don't mean that disrespectfully because I think it's got a place, I really do. And I'm not saying that I'd never do it again because if it makes money, it makes sense. But I have to be honest, I did the first one, I made a lot of money, but I never really felt comfortable as a fight fan as a fight fan doing it, you know? Like, it's quite hard to watch at times. Like, the, the two KSI fights were really hard to watch. But it's, it's a different world. It's a different yeah. world. And I think, great, I, I, I say good on them. You know, yeah. it's, there's, there's boxing and there's YouTube boxing.
1: Yeah, you know, you're never
2: going to see, you know, but, but we got to be a little bit careful and it puts the pressure, I've said this before, it puts the pressure on boxing to deliver because if not this stuff will take over and it will kill the sport long-term. You know, if broadcasters just go, because we know the numbers it does, it does very well. So if broadcasters start looking at this and go, actually, maybe we'll just do YouTube boxing. Well, that'd be a disaster for the sport. Right. Especially those who love the sport. Right. But it puts pressure on us as content providers, as promoters, to come up with, with the quality to compete with the numbers and the interest that these guys can generate.
1: Absolutely. I say as long as they we are able to keep it separate, I have no problem with it. And also, these guys are not stealing anything from boxers. They created their own lane and they're making their own money that boxers cannot make. Now, Chisora recently said that he believes KSI can beat Tommy Fury. Do you agree or disagree with that?
2: I don't know. I mean... <laughs> He looked, he looked better, he looked, he looked like, he's, I mean, again, I think it's mad analyzing the performance of these guys like Jake right. and right. KSI, but look, he looked better, I think, than he did when he boxed Logan, Logan Paul Logan. Yeah, the second sure. time. Um,
0: yeah, but look, know. he was I mean, fighting, oh, but, but, but who was he fighting? That's the only oh, he was oh terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. I
2: mean, look, look Jake Paul is fighting levels and levels above what we saw right. on
0: Saturday. You know, yeah. so and KSI I, I was still, calling Jake out uh, before the fight, but it seems, but not uh, after.
2: Yeah, and yeah. yeah. I think, I think, I think that Jake Paul beats KSI, but KSI looked better, although he was up against nothing. I think I give him credit for looking a bit better yeah. than I thought he might. Uh, it's still a huge fight, those two, and it would be competitive because I've said before, and I've you know, and I don't mean it disrespectfully, the need room are very good, but it would be competitive because they're just. You know they're they're not. I say they're not real fighters. I mean they're getting in there and doing it, but they're not they're not seasoned or skilled fighters. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, but therefore, that doesn't mean it can't be entertaining.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it might be more entertaining watching those guys <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. just unravel in front yeah, of the world. Let,
0: let's move to some seasoned uh, boxers. Look, Deontay Wilders <laughs> claiming that you know you guys wanted to make the fight with AJ because you didn't have any confidence. In him beating Usyk, what do you say to Deontay spitting that? Uh,
2: so I, I'm confused. All right, I so want,
0: Deontay I wanna... made out of I don't. I, I'm confused about it too. That's why I'm asking. I wanted to make
2: the fight with Deontay. <laughs> no, well, he said it. that
0: you've been trying to make a fight for AJ against Deontay because you didn't think he would beat Usyk. I, I I just read this and I I, I wasn't yeah, sure I if it was I mean, on your radio. Well, all I
2: said. All I said was is that I reached out to Shelly Finkel, and said. I've got a huge offer for Deontay Wilder. Would you like to discuss it?
0: That was and it, I never heard back. And it wasn't oh. even for AJ, so that was wrong. Anyway. No, 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 it but, but it
2: can be, it can be.
0: Right, it can I, I
2: just don't get it. I just don't, I mean, listen, It maybe Deontay Wilder just doesn't like me and says, I don't care how much money- Oh, he doesn't like you. Yeah, but how much money that guy's got to offer me, I'm not interested. Wow. But did he even find out about the email? That's what I wanna know, because on what planet would you not at least ask what that offer is, right. you know? But listen, yeah. he's, got, he's got to beat Robert Hellenius. Yeah. And that's, that's true. a decent fight. That's that, not a gimmick, that's
1: not a gimmick. That, that's a great fight coming up at the Barclays. Hey, listen, speaking of Anthony Joshua, do you think that Anthony stays with Robert Garcia as a trainer? Um,
2: I mean, I've seen a few interviews and stuff like that, you know, I mean, Robert gave his honest opinion. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, T- kind of tough sometimes that kind of sounded
2: yeah I don't know how that'll sit I've not spoken mm-hmm. to AJ about it in the last day or so um, mm-hmm. knowing AJ sometimes right now he want to take it back to basics mm-hmm. you know because this is now the process the rebuilding process I, I call it for him and I don't think there's a lot of rebuilding to do mm-hmm. but this is now about momentum and activity and getting in the groove and firing on all cylinders you know and I think um sure. uh,
0: you talk about basics he was at Finchley right uh the old Jimmy yeah that's he, right yeah, he he's, he,
2: he's always at Finchley you know he he's never away from that place but I think that place inspires him right. because that's the place that changed his life right yeah and I, I know AJ I can imagine him walking back through those doors thinking you know I mean the caption that he put out was I love this game and I could imagine him walking through those doors thinking this is my home you know and uh I think sometimes when life gets complicated, you've got to make it as simple as possible. And Maybe resort back to
0: what you know. What you know the and the,
2: the and the simplicity of that place makes him smart, probably. So he'll be back in there working, and you know we'll be working on a December or January date for him.
0: Do you okay. see Rob McCracken be a part being a part of that camp, or is that officially done forever? In your opinion, uh,
2: I don't know. You know, he's, AJ's always going to be the one who makes those decisions. He's, he's still close with Rob, it'll it'll always be close with him. You know, he's, he was more than a trainer to to AJ, you know, he was, uh, he was uh, an advisor, he was a friend, you know, he, everything went through Rob, but you know, things change and people move on and uh, I'm sure AJ will take some time to reflect, but like I said, I see, you know, simplicity, I think is, is sometimes the key and, and maybe that's the answer moving forward.
1: Amen. All right. Staying in the heavyweight division. Um, I want to get your honest opinion on Hergovic versus Zhang. What did you think about that fight, the outcome of that fight? And also, Jared Anderson just fought, and he called out Hergovic. What do you think about that fight?
2: Well, firstly, I thought the Zhang fight was very close. You know mm-hmm. I mean? The knockdown was a bit strange in the first round, but <laughs> Philip didn't really complain, but it was like a bit of a slip, back of the head kind of thing. Back of the head. I felt yeah. like the fight. Yeah, I felt like the fight could have gone either way, really. I think most people from what I've seen, thought Zhang just edged the fight. Um, I thought he edged fight. it. If
1: they called it a draw, I wouldn't have been yeah. upset at all.
2: I didn't think, I didn't think Hergovich boxed that great. You know, unfortunately, you know, his father passed away recently. I don't know whether that's mm. affected his camp, uh, but unfortunately, thought was, Zhang's underrated. You know, he's a good fighter. He's a
1: huge, yes.
2: huge guy. I think he's like 126 kilos going into that, that fight.
1: I've seen and a better I, Hergovich though.
2: Yeah, I, I, I do rate Philip Hergovich. I mean, you know, I think, I think he's an outstanding fighter. And, you know, as, as our co-promoters, Nissa and Kalis Allen said, maybe people want to fight him now because they never <laughs> wanted to fight him before. Trust me, they never well, wanted to fight him. Anderson, and now they Jared might Anderson. look at him and say, yeah, J- Jared Anderson is a good prospect. You know, he's yet to really fight anyone with a pulse. But if he wants to come and, and step up against those kind of guys, he's a, he's a great talent and I'm sure he's going to be in the mix as well. Philip Hergovic is now the mandatory challenger for Alexander Usyk Um, when that IBF Wheel of Fortune comes back round, which is probably in two fights time. So he'll have one more fight and then wait for a shot at the World Heavyweight title and and he'll be much better next time.
1: So that one more shot wouldn't be Jared Anderson. You're saying that he's just looking forward.
2: They're not going to. Listen, Brett, you know the game. You think Bob Arum is going to put Jared Anderson in with Philip Hergovic now? Like, seriously, like, I mean. He can say he will, but he wouldn't because it would be mismanagement. The guy is a good young prospect who is, you know, and I know Philip Hergovitch's performance wasn't great, but he's an outstanding heavyweight who is a world class heavyweight. They just wouldn't make that fight. So, you know, Jared Anderson's going to move through the rankings and fight everyone. If he wants to fight Philip Hergovich, they're welcome to reach out. He's, like I said, he's going to have one more fight before he's called as the mandatory, probably. So okay. uh, he's going to stay active.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I, th- I, th- th- I think even now that would be a, still be a great fight even though I know Jared hasn't for top level opposition, but he is a, a great talent. but you know we'll see what Bob does next. Look it's official Beauvau, uh, uh Ramirez in the in the Middle East uh, I mean I, I think we touched on this last week, but it wasn't technically official official. so now we're good to go we could take that to the bank.
2: Great fight great fight I mean so much on the line because obviously you know Bivol has the Canelo rematch in his sights or Canelo has the Bivol rematch in his sights both of them for Cinco de Mayo if Canelo gets past Triple G and the Ramirez fight is a very tough fight you know he's a he's a very good fighter former super middleweight champion of the world um Bivol has just beaten Canelo Alvarez his stock's gone through the roof I believe he's the best 175 pounder in the world and it's a really, really good fight, and it's going to be a huge card, November fifth,
0: in, in the UAE. Stop? How do we stop uh, if Bivol does get past Ramirez, which is no easy task? It's a hell of a fight, uh, and and Canelo takes care of business on the seventeenth. How do we stop Bavo from chasing the Bortovia fight to become, uh, you know, I know Bortovia just was injured, yeah. but maybe by later on he'll be available.
2: We're we're up we're up for that fight as well. You know, we're up for that fight, obviously. My instructions from Eddie Reynoso is to make the Bivol rematch mm. pending victory on September 17th. That's the one that Canelo Alvarez is chasing. So, obviously, from a financial perspective, it's it's three or four times bigger for Dimitri Bivol than the better right. BF fight. Right. But yes. he also wants to be undisputed. And better BF against Bivol is a hell of a fight.
1: 100%. I, I can't. Would you call me crazy if I said that even if Bivol would have lose to Ramirez, Canelo would still want to rematch Bivol?
2: Yeah, it's not really. The belts, mm. I mean, don't really come into play for this one. Mm-hmm. It's just he wants to beat the guy that beat him. Yeah. So, but I don't, I, look, he, he wouldn't want him to lose to Ramirez, you know, because I think he yeah. wants the credit if he can beat Dimitri Bivol of, of beating, you know, the guy that goes out. I think Canelo Alvarez would love to see Bivol look great
1: yes winning
2: style and then <laughs> rematch him should he beat triple g on right. uh, september 17th and by the way that is less than three weeks away i mean so, how quickly has these last three or four weeks gone you know i remember it being very, 11 weeks yeah. nine weeks seven weeks yeah. three weeks to go mm-hmm. fight week in las vegas is going to catch fire yeah. this build up is going to be so spicy in las yeah. vegas on fight week i cannot yeah. wait for I can't so imagine. Triple g, Look, less you know?
0: than less than a week away eddie Uh, You worked with this gentleman before in Madison Square Garden. Andy Ruiz fighting Luis Ortiz this Sunday. Good fight, yeah. Uh, You know, people keep talking about Ortiz being old, and people joke around saying he's 60 years old, he's 70 years old. But, you know, he is a guy that almost beat Wilder um, coming off a knockout victory of Charles Martin. Um, Does he have any gas in a tank to be, uh, you know, I guess considered a top heavyweight the way he was a few years ago?
2: Yeah, I mean, I still think he's top 10 heavyweight in the world, as is Andy Rees, you know, and um, the problem is with all these guys, his activity, you know, AJ suffered from it as well, but especially Andy Rees, you know, coming off the the great AJ win, the AJ defeat, uh, and then being inactive, really, you know, moving around, jumping trainers, how disciplined is he, how's his fitness, he's a very good fighter, good fighter, great chin, um, it's a good fight, actually, you well, know, and just show. Sorry.
0: Who do you pick to win that fight?
2: I mean, I didn't like what I saw from Ortiz in terms mm. of his his age in the Charles Martin fight. I know, right. I know that he came through and he won the fight, but he didn't look good on his feet. Right. He yeah. looked like his balance and his his uh, his his ability to take a shot was was deserting him. Right. And I think and I think Andy Ruiz stops him. I think his hands are too fast for Luis Ortiz, you know? And Luis Ortiz has got fast hands as well. He's a great counter puncher. Right. But I think, I think Andy Ruiz's hands are too quick for him and I think he'll stop it. Mm,
1: okay. Well, last but not least, Frank Warren, he had a lot to say about your predictions as of late, you know, with Canelo or Wilder and, and Dillian White. What do you have to say about that?
2: I mean, I back our guys, you know, I believe in them. I, you mm. know, I mean, as every fight that he's in, where his guys are in, he backs them to win as well. I mean, it's not unusual for a promoter um, <laughs> to,
0: to pick his guy you know, to, right? <laughs> to pick
2: their guy. Um,
1: well, speaking of, you're your not going to say, hey, uh, no. "Yeah, Luke Campbell's definitely going to stop uh, Loma Machenko." Oh, but you, you, be, you know.
2: believe in him, you know. And and right. sometimes you pick emotionally, All
0: right. All right?
2: You know, um, and he's had a lot of fighters that have lost that he's picked to to win, obviously. And right. you know, sometimes, but but oh, you know, a lot of those fights. You know, I, I thought Deontay Wilder would beat Tyson Fury first time around. So did everybody yeah. else.
1: So did everybody else. You know, and Tyson yeah, exactly. Fury,
2: you know, got it wrong. So did Tyson um,
0: Fury's father, by the way. Yeah. And,
2: and, you know, I said that I believe Usyk beats Tyson Fury. You know, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, there's no
0: more to back. There's no more to back. I, I believe.
2: I believed that AJ would beat Usyk. I, I genuinely believed it, but he was mm-hmm. too good for him on the night. You know, not.
0: One last thing, Eddie. Another guy that you believed in, you know, since he joined your team, he's not with you now though. But uh um Devin Haney. Uh he having, mm. having issues with the Ring magazine belt. Uh mm. basically he's upset that they didn't put him on the pound for pound list. So he's pretty much saying, you know, I'm not rocking this belt. I'm not wearing it. Mm. Doug Fisher fires back and says, Okay, we'll send it back send over it back, yeah. to 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 Ring magazine. What do you what do you think about that fiasco?
2: I mean, it's just about right? I, I love the ring magazine belt because, you know. There's no sanction fees, there's no politics. It's just the best, be the best. I mean, the problem is it's still about opinions. And I guess the general opinion is they think that Lomachenko is still the guy at £135. And I guess the crit, you know, if you're going to be harsh on Devin, he's only beaten George Cambosis. But then if you're going to go the other way, Teofimo Lopez beat Lomachenko and Cambosas beat Teofimo Lopez.
0: He beat so, the guy to beat the guy to beat the guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
2: you have to give Devin the credit, right. you know, I can understand the other argument as well, but Devin's, you know, on a run of beating Lenares, Jojo Diaz yes. and George Cambosas. he can only beat who's in front of him. Right. Um, but, you know, pound for pound lists, all that kind of stuff, I think Devin's never really going to be respected fully until he beats Every a time. Lomachenko yeah. or a or James a, a Tiafimo, or even though Cambos has beat Tiafimo, you're or a tank or someone like that. But yeah. you know you can't knock what Devin's done. He's gone over. His, he's undisputed world champion. So yeah. Yeah. you know you can't you can't really ask for more than that.
0: All right, Eddie, no, man. No. As always, man. Appreciate the time, Eddie Hearn. Cheers, guys. Uh, you know that's a tough situation there that Devin Haney's in, Barack. I mean, because there has to be a certain level of pride. To hold all of those straps and consider yourself undisputed, and then to have an issue with one of the, and I don't even want to call them a sanctioning body, the Ring Magazine belt, because they charge no sanctioning fees. Um, I, I'm hoping that Doug Fisher and everybody over at the Ring Magazine can hash it out with Mr. Devin Haney so he can wear that belt proudly. He does
1: deserve to be hurt.
0: Proper even well, though
1: something came across my screen just now, I'm going <laughs> to answer this. I'm going to respond to you. That's an inside joke, guys. Uh-huh. But um, they're both hurt basically understand something. Look what Devin Haney has done. He just fought three champions back to back. One was a current champion. The other were former champions and beat them all handedly. He's the uni- He's the undisputed champion at lightweight. What well, we've been waiting for somebody to do that. We've been waiting what, without the, uh, what do you call it? The franchise belt and all of the confusion that was going on. He finished it all and he still is not on that list. And that's that ring magazine pound for pound list, I think it was, or maybe they did the ring magazine champions in order. And that kind of upset him. And he was like, Hey, hey, take the belt back. I can understand that. And then as somebody like Doug Fisher, who, who works for Ring magazine, I can understand him saying, Hey, well, well, send it back. <laughs> Here's the address. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think we need to get them both on the show. Yeah, yeah. Let's have that shit out. Let's talk about it. You know, but I do feel like it's hard for fighters to hear that their name is not on the list. You know, you know that, you know that. And we're just in that era. I'm telling you, we are just in that era where fighters are just great, bro. There's yeah. so many great fighters. Every week there's somebody beating somebody that's great that we're saying they
0: need to be on a pound for pound list. No, I mean, I back can to agree. back. I can agree with you more. And a fighter that is deserving of it, you know, is going to be even more hurt. About it. Nevertheless, hopefully they, they hash that out. And um, But let's talk about this heavyweight showdown. Andy Ruiz and Luis Ortiz are going to be fighting this Sunday. The records are very similar. Knockout ratio is similar. I mean, Ortiz has 33, 33 and 2. Ruiz is 34 and 2. Ortiz has a, a higher knockout ratio so he can punch. A lot of people are judging this fight based on Lewis's outing against Charles Martin. Here's the difference, Barack, uh, and what, what stood out to me. And I, I like your take on it the inactivity of Andy Ruiz. Uh, he's been out for 16 months and uh, Ortiz just fought at the beginning of this year in January. So the inactivity, I think, will play a major part. Will it be enough for Ortiz to beat the younger guy, though?
1: Inactivity for the younger guy, I don't think it's going to matter that much. I think I, like, I kind of like what Andy Ruiz has been saying lately. Um, I saw him on a good fight with Kate Abdo and he said, past camps when focusing on losing weight because he was trying to look the part. And now he's like, wait a minute, I got here fat. I'm going to stay here fat. I don't really care how I look. I just care about how I perform. And he didn't look so good against, um, um, Ariola Chris Ariola, as well. Now no. the difference is he got dropped early in the first round, just like Ortiz did against Charles Martin, but he got up and he had a lot more energy. He had a lot more legs. Now, Ortiz, who, Wilder's right, back in the day when he was in his late 30s, everybody talked about how old he was. Everybody's making fun of him, but nobody wanted to fight him, you know. But now he's 43, and now against Charles Martin, I have to admit, his legs, he didn't even look like he had good balance in that fight. And it might have been something else. It might not have even been age. It might have been something else he was dealing with. But he was able to still get dropped in the first round, get dropped in the fourth round, and still come back and finish Charles Martin in the sixth round. But he didn't, that's, solid. He, he that's didn't look solid. Uh, that's skill. That's why I say I think the layoff is not going to hurt Andy Ruiz. Right, right. And I think he's fighting a different Ortiz than Wilder fought, of you course. know, or the Ortiz that was scary that nobody wanted to fight at one time. Plus, he's left-handed, and he's a big guy. Scary.
0: So, so it's safe to say that, you know, the maybe the difference in his fight is going to be the guy that can absorb a punch a little bit better and recover quickly, like Andy Reese was able to do against Joshua, who's a huge, one of the hugest punchers in the heavyweight division, against Ariola, Recover quickly. Youth, I don't know, even though, I hate to say athleticism, but he is athletic. You know, even though he might not look it, he's an athletic fighter because of his hand speed and uh, his conditioning as far as, uh, you know, recovering from a shot. And it doesn't seem, to your point, it doesn't seem like Louis Ortiz, is able to recover from shots the same way as he would have when he was younger. That can be the difference in a fight, but that's not saying that, you know, that Louis Ortiz can't hurt Andy Ruiz and maybe finish him if he does. That's why this and, fight is so interesting. And the fact right. that this is pretty much his last hurrah, and I'm talking about Louis Ortiz.
1: I mean, damn, can Andy Ruiz suffer a
0: loss from Luis Ortiz either? I'm
1: sure he has a lot more room. No, I don't think so. Room. Sorry. I'm sure. Exactly. He sh- I'm sure he has a lot more room because he's young. He's about to turn 33 years old, 10 years younger than Yeah, but Ortiz. what would that so, say yes.
0: for him moving forward in the heavyweight division? If he I was just to lose. If he were to lose, what does that say for him moving forward, wanting the bigger fights, wanting an opportunity to get back to the top?
1: he's going to have to slide down that ladder. It's going to be a big slide. It's going to be a big slide down Jacob's ladder, you know, but, but he can, he has the opportunity to get back up, I believe. And he has the young legs to do it. Now, understand something that when you're as skillful, especially in the heavyweight division as a Luis Ortiz, then age is a factor. But when you got skill and you're able to box and bang, you can pull off fights like Beating Charles Martin after being dropped twice and not even looking like you have good balance. Let's just say there was an issue that Luis Ortiz was dealing with, and he comes into this fight and he's the other Ortiz that we know that's able to bounce off on his toes. Well, I mean, that, I guess that Ortiz is going to be a problem for anybody, especially Andy Ruiz.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I think that's what his team is hoping for. That's what the fight fans that want to see a competitive fight. That's what they're hoping for. And and again, you know, when guys have when they feel like they don't have much time left, sometimes they leave it all on the line, and I just think that Luis Ortiz is heading in that direction. I don't care how you slice it, the man is getting older. This is a young man's sport. Father Time is undefeated, as they say. And yes, there's anomaly anomalies like uh, like Bernard no. Hopkins and, and, and other guys like that. Not not too many. Can't even yeah. say too many. You know, maybe George Foreman. I like to mention, but yeah. it, it's not likely. Right? that you're going to get better and stronger as you get older. So this shot right here, beating, beating the former unified heavyweight champion Andy Ruiz will say a lot for his career, and maybe he will get another big shot at somebody. You know, 100%. So, so um, I, I think he has uh, all the gain right here, but still a lot to lose, Luis Ortiz. And as far as Andy Ruiz, he doesn't win this fight. I don't know if he ever gets an opportunity to get back to the top. So oh it's man. a make it a break and fight.
1: That's my nose. Who opinion. knows? You, you never really know. I, I'm i agree with you, though. It is probably a make it a break and fight. But I think that the guys that you name, you name Bernard Hopkins, George Foreman, and all those guys, they changed their styles from when they were younger, just like Floyd Mayweather. The reason why he's TBE the best ever is because he wasn't fighting at 36 the same way he was fighting at 26. Right. And smart fighters that transition and develop a different style, like Jordan developed the fadeaway instead of Duncan, you know, smart fighters live on to fight and can still be prosperous. And I think if Ortiz is skillful enough to change his style and, and relax on counter punching and boxing and keeping him at bay, you've seen how Joshua beat him by keeping Andy Ruiz at bay. You never know, even with old legs, he might be able. To pull is off that
0: why? Kid. Is that why you don't start any any trouble in the street anymore? Because you're getting old and you can't move as quick as you were when you were young. Well, kid. I stopped I stopped causing trouble in the street in my twenties. You know what I'm
1: saying? So, it don't. But I can still, you know, I can still bang with the best of. It. You can still
0: put a little chokehold on somebody. Oh, I still put a couple of people to sleep. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, you guys don't want to miss it, but listen, I, who one Francisco Estrada is also. They're going to be mixing it up this weekend. Is he fighting Roman Gonzalez, I'm asking? No, he's not fighting okay. Roman Gonzalez. Okay. just, making sure. All, all just right. making sure. all right, all right, all right. You know, he, he's fighting Cortez, all right, Argy Cortez, and people yeah. are not excited about that. But listen, the fight is going to be in Mexico. He, he It's another outing. He, he's, he, he, needs, he has an opportunity to show that he's still one of the top dogs, and I know yes. people want, you know, that Chocolatito fight once again hey i'd
1: like to see him fight bam if not chocolate yes i I, I know he got (laughs) to stay busy and i know and and who knows how this fight's going to turn out but i know he got to stay busy but i'd love to see him fight bam i would would love it i don't
0: think i don't think it's a good idea for any of those guys to fight bam to be honest (laughs) with you but (laughs) nevertheless i know he wants those opportunities but um yeah but that's it also leon smith is going to be mixing it up uh, against stop! Hassan. Stop acting like
1: you're going to watch that fight.
0: <laughs> Listen, stop. It, what are you talking about? <laughs> I am going to. I like Liam Smith. He's coming off a win, yeah. stopping Jesse Vargas. You know yeah. they went at it. Liam that Smith is this great is fight. another, another fighter who's, uh, I guess, in his last stretch you know, to, to, to get some big opportunities. Absolutely. And I
1: got to commend him. I got to commend him because some fighters, you know, at that age, especially after reaching the top, you know, fighting the guys like Canelo or whatever, and, and becoming champion at 154, some guys come back for the check. This yeah. guy is really, I mean, to beat to Jesse Vargas, even though I know Jesse Vargas was on his way out too, and yeah. he's in politics or whatever, but yeah, but, but he beat him, him convincingly. He, he, he stopped stop him. That's, him. Him. That's him. what I'm he trying to him. say. And no, Jesse I mean, Vargas those, is a those, very tough better.
0: Those Smith brothers, they, they, they're they cut from a certain cloth. Their pedigree is oh, different. 100%. They're winners, and they, and, they, and they come to win. I don't know, Barack. I might place a bet on his heavyweight shoulder, but I'm not going to tell you Ooh, I think it's going to
1: win. Yeah, because you're not t- placing a bet on this. You are not. Uh, first of all, if you do bet, you're going to bet on Ruiz. And even that <laughs> would still be scary.
0: <laughs> it, w- it would be. But I think I want to make some money. I- I'm assuming he'll be the favorite. All right, that's our show for today, man. Hope you guys enjoyed the second episode of the Zone Boxing Show podcast. Catch us next week. Peace and love.